Hello, I'm Jason Abraham, attorney and one of the owners of the personal injury law firm of Hupin Abraham. And welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Tell Them You Mean Business. Hupin Abraham is a law firm that was founded in the 1960s and represents injured people. We have 11 offices throughout Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa, and have represented over 70,000 injured people and received over $1 billion. Based on our successes, we also give back to the communities we practice in. We're proud not only of all the results that we've received for our clients, but what we've done to make our communities a better place. This podcast will feature stories and events from the community, insights and rider resources for motorcyclists, and will also serve as a way for listeners to ask questions about personal injury lawsuits. On this episode, we will hear from Linda Kohler, the president and CEO of Sharp Literacy, a Milwaukee nonprofit organization that partners with educators to foster a love of learning and brighten children's futures through innovative experiential programs. We will have our first Q and Abraham section where we answer your questions about personal injury law firms. We will also hear from Hupi and Abraham's own attorney, Todd Korb, and how he juggles being both a personal injury attorney and a dedicated motorcyclist. Welcome back. We're here today with the president and CEO of Sharp Literacy, Linda Kohler. Linda, thank you so much for coming. We have known each other, God, for over a decade. I was thinking about it as we were preparing for this today. And I said, when I got to greet you in my lobby, God, I feel old because I've <laughs> known you so long, but I am just so grateful you are here and so grateful to see you today. You do so many amazing things in the community and you make such a difference. And I just want to say thank you and welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a long time. I think Vince Lombardi uh, golf outing was the, the first time that, that we met. So yeah. and you've done such great things too. Well, thank you for saying that. But I want to start <clears throat> first and say, I remember you specifically when you were working at Ronald McDonald House. I had, unfortunately, a young child that was severely burned uh, while riding a Fisher-Price riding toy, and I was contacted shortly after the accident, and he was at the Ronald McDonald House burned, I want to say over 40 or 50% of his body, and that was the first time I really got to go to the Ronald McDonald House and see the amazing stuff that was done there, and it was just such an inspiring place with people really being at their worst moments. And uh, I was extremely impressed with you in the Ronald McDonald house. And and I know you're doing something totally different now, but I just want to say that because that's really stuck with me uh, for probably the last 15 or so years. So just tell me briefly how you got to Ronald McDonald house and, uh, and you guys just did such great work there. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's an incredible place. Um, so right out of college, I started at, um, it was Midwest Express at the time. Did my uh, internship at Kimberly Clark. Um, I wanted to actually be in corporate fitness. So did my internship. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, there's no positions open. But hey, if you want to work for an airline, we're hiring. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. What am I going to be doing for an airline? So um, 25 years later, it was just an incredible experience, um, you know, flying lately 
really, it's, I really miss Midwest. Yeah. Um, but while it's not I, the same for it, sure. No, not at all. But while I was at Midwest, um, very, very community oriented, um, our president and CEO, Tim Huxma really instilled, um, in all of us, you know, one of the original employees, how important it is to give back. Um, so sat on a lot of boards, did a lot of volunteer work, um, ran the golf outing for 20 some years. Um, and then unfortunately with the demise of the airline, uh, recruiter called me and, and asked if I wanted to, you know, look at possibly being the president of the Ronald McDonald house. And, um, I didn't know a whole lot about the Ronald McDonald house, um, uh, exactly what the mission was. And then as soon as I started the interview process, I knew that's where I wanted to be just, uh, you know, home away from home, you know, for, for kids and parents when their, their siblings or their, um, their kids are over at uh, children's hospital primarily, um, going through just a horrible experience. And if we can make that just a little bit easier from, you know, the meal program, super duper toy room where the kids can go down, the siblings. Yeah, and, I remember that. that yeah. That awesome. It's like where magical. They get, where they get to go in and just grab what they wanted. And, you know, when, when you find families at their worst and, you know, the Ronald McDonald house is there, it really does make a difference. And, uh, you know, giving yeah. back just feels good. I could see, you know, since this is a podcast and it's not on uh, video, I can see the smile on your faces as you're talking about your experience there. And, you know, you should just be so proud. I understand as well, because we have a mission statement that says, you know, we're going to give back based on our successes. And boy, does it feel good when you know that you're making a difference in your community and you surely have. And, you know, obviously after the Ronald McDonald House, you now are the president and CEO of Sharp Literacy, another amazing organization. Gosh, we're um, we're 25 years old. We're having our 25th anniversary uh, in September. And we've, we've come, I guess that's saying we've come a long way, baby. I mean, from where, you know, it started 25 years ago, I um, took over for the um, the founder, Marlene Dorr Krylkamp, and wasn't really quite sure. It wasn't as an easy to understand the mission as it was with the Ronald McDonald House. Um, but I knew that that was where I needed to be at that point um, with with the kids. I needed to be out more in the community and started off to be a, a truly an, an art integrated program. So Marlene was a docent at the Milwaukee Art Museum and saw how kids, especially, you know, inner city kids, urban kids could connect with art. Um, so developed a program. And then when I started almost nine years ago, um, you know, just trying to, to stay relevant to what the, the kids, you know, what they need. Um, so we partner with educators to foster a love of learning and just get the kids motivated to learn through our STEAM-based program. Um, very experiential, very hands-on, and it, it's all inner city kids. 88% um, of the kids we serve qualify for the free or reduced lunch. 45% of our kids are um, African-American and about 42% of our kids are Hispanic. That's really amazing. And, and what a need and what a great program to fulfill this need. We were talking before we started about, you know, this following COVID and the fact that there's just an enormous amount of children uh, ready to get out and learn and be with friends. And I think you told me that this is going to be the largest summer program you've ever had at Sharp with over 800 kids. Wow, that's amazing. Tell us just briefly what the kids will do this summer 
uh, with that program. Yeah, we knew, um, you know, with the with the COVID slide and the summer slide, um, we knew that the demand was going to be greater than ever. So we prepared. We knew a year ago that this is what, you know, what was going to, it was going to be like. So this summer, there's three programs the kids are able to participate in. And we're in um, over 27 community learning centers in MPS Summer School, as well as Waukesha School District and La Casa de Esperanza. So we have a, a program called Steam Dream Team, which is just, it's incredible. They're learning all about baseball and not so much about how to play baseball but the analytics behind baseball so there's coding involved there's website design there's um, they can build your own team then there's analytics like how do you compare to a Christian Yelich how, how could you compare to a Robin Yount um, so getting them out and about, but learning at the same time. I wouldn't compare um, to any of those, but I would try real hard. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have a Explore MKE, which our MPS uh, school students are using, where they're learning all about community. We have a great book that's called Explore MKE. So they're learning about their community and what makes their community special. Um, and then they're going to do some art around it. And then um, we have an artist that's going to actually put this beautiful mural together. And it'll be uh, unveiled somewhere probably on the um, north side. Awesome. Um, what an amazing amazing, fun summer these kids are going to have in the program. I understand and you understand that the only way these programs work is with funding. And we've been involved uh, with some of your fundraisers in the past. And I know we have one coming up and it's called Unwrapped. And can you tell us about Unwrapped? Yes, this is our sixth year of Unwrapped. When I had made the change from the Ronald McDonald House to um, Sharp Literacy had made a lot of great friends, owner operators in McDonald's, and they wanted to to support Sharp because they really believed in what we do. In addition to the Ronald McDonald House, we did some things with them uh, early on with Books for Keeps, where we had um, kiosks in the different McDonald's in the inner city where kids could go and grab a book and, and get a healthy snack. And then they had asked uh, me if I wanted to participate. There was only two other cities in the United States doing this program at the time, this event unwrapped. And um, I'm like, sure, what, what does it entail? Well, you get chefs that create different dishes using McDonald ingredients. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that sounds really- sounds so interesting It sounds first. so interesting. Deconstructing McDonald's was... menus with chefs. I yes. mean, what an awesome fundraising idea. So just tell us briefly what happens and where people go and, and how people can get involved and donate if, if they want to. Yeah, this year we're, we're doing it at the Sherman Phoenix. That community is so important to us and we want to support them and we want to show them, you know, what, what we do and, and how can they can support us. So to be at the Sherman Phoenix on July 15th um, from 5 to 8 p.m., we have eight chefs some Amazing. awesome chefs. And then we also have cocktails and mocktails and a silent auction. So it's going to be a really good time. And we have a couple different options. Um, for those that are not able to attend, you can donate your ticket back to the community. So they'll be able to participate as well as if you can't make it or you're just still not comfortable. It's an outdoor event, socially distanced and all that great stuff. So it'll have a block party atmosphere. They can get their meals to go. Well, you should be so proud of what you've done in this Milwaukee community. I mean, to go from Midwest Express Airlines, work there for 25 years, and then have this huge career change where you decide, I want to make a difference in my community. And then you go to the Ronald McDonald House, and now you're at Sharp. I mean, you should just be so proud of everything you've done. We're so proud to be a supporter of Sharp and everything you do. And as I said at the start, I just can't thank you enough for for all you've done to make our community a better place. And and you really have. I mean, you're one of these people that walks the walk and talks the talk and you've made our community better. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for your support. Like you said, we would not be able to do what we do without, you know, such generous, um, generous donors. So thank you. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. It's now time for Q and Abraham. This is the time in the podcast where you, the listener, gets to throw out a question to me about a personal injury case or insurance coverage. If you have a question for me that you would like to be answered on Q and Abraham, email them to info at hupy.com. The question we have today comes from Eric. Do I really need a personal injury attorney after an accident? This is a really good question and one I get all the time, whether I'm out with friends or talking to clients, and the answer is probably yes. The insurance companies are in the business of taking our premiums and not paying out our claims. So a personal injury attorney is going to be invaluable for you when you're involved in an accident to help you get every dollar you deserve. There are a lot of portions of damages that an individual may not know they're entitled to following an accident. What if you need future medical care? What if you have future loss of wages? What if you need a scar revision? Any of those things are going to be very difficult for the average consumer to handle against an insurance company on your own. If I think you can handle the case on your own, I will tell you that if you call Hupy and Abraham for your free consultation. So if you have any question you would like me to answer on Q and Abraham, email them to info at hupy.com. And we're back with one of our superstar lawyers, Todd Corb. Todd, thanks for joining the podcast today. Well, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you joined the firm, Todd, in 2008, and you've been practicing for how long before you joined uh, Hupy and Abraham? Uh, about 10 years. And what were you doing for those 10 years before you joined the firm? Well, I was doing personal injury. I was also doing some general practice, but predominantly personal injury. And we were so excited. I can actually remember to this day when you started, I knew you were going to be a rock star and you really killed it for those early years at the firm. And then uh, you became an owner in 2014, didn't you? I did. Just briefly, tell us about a case that you worked on that stands out in your mind. Sure. Um, there was a case, uh, I had to go to jury trial in Ozaki County. It was a gentleman who was riding a motorcycle in a group of motorcyclists uh, and they were uh, just riding on a country road and they came over a hill and there was a gentleman who had a, a lawnmower who was crossing the road right in front of them. Uh, our, our client uh, could not stop and swerve in time and I wound up hitting the, the more, this lawnmower. Had some bad injuries. Uh, the insurance company denied the claim, hired an accident reconstructionist, uh, one of the most renowned in the entire state, and uh, they'd only offered 5000 before suit, before we, before we actually tried the case. Uh, and after a, a jury, you know, they just denied liability. They didn't think the lawnmower was at fault at all. Uh, we got, uh, the, the lawnmower found 75% at fault, it recovered over $450,000 for our clients. So that was, uh, that was a really nice recovery. The amazing, hard to believe an insurance company denies a claim and doesn't want to pay, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Common practice here. And what's, that's what sets Hupy and Abraham apart from a lot of other law firms is the fact we're willing to go to court like you did, Todd, in that case. And the fact that you represented a motorcyclist there brings me to the topic we're, we're here to talk about today with you, and that is just motorcycle riding in general. I'm a rider. You're a rider. It's something we're passionate about uh, here at Hupy and Abraham. And tell us about your riding experience. When you first became a rider, what you ride, and, and tell us what you like to do in that regard. So I actually started riding back when I was in high school, and I rode through college, my college years, 
then I, I didn't really write too much for a few years, but then I really got back into it maybe about 10 years ago. And I actually, uh, bought a BMW motorcycle, joined the Wisconsin BMW Motorcycle Club, and uh, just have been really enjoying it, loving it ever since. So, Tell us about the BMW Motorcycle Club. Uh, people may not know so much about the BMWs as they do the Harleys, but we have uh, a nice rally every year. In, uh, actually, the last five years we had in Camp Wabik in the Dells. And it's actually, we call it kind of rally for a cause because we, it's uh, the Easter Seals Camp, and we uh, help raise money for Easter Seals as well. And this year happens to be the 50th anniversary of that rally. And it's a great rally. It's usually over three days. We have uh, live music. Uh, this year, we're actually just by attending, uh, just uh, you actually get entered into a, uh, a drawing for a motorcycle. It's a 1978 R80 BMW, well, lovingly restored bike. It's going to be beautiful. Awesome. I've actually had the occasion to go up there once for the rally and had a good time. I want to back you up just a little bit and talk to me about the BMW motorcycle versus other motorcycles. Is there any difference in your mind in riding a BMW from any other motorcycle? Uh, you know, I, I, I actually have ridden a lot of different motorcycles. I love all the different brands, but, uh, uh, the thing that drew me to the BMW at least 10 years ago when I, when I bought it, it was, uh, it had anti-lock brakes and, uh, a lot of nice safety features that weren't on a lot of the motorcycles out there. And, uh, uh, I've actually handled a lot of uh, motorcycle cases, accidents, where I, I, I know that if you had anti-lock brakes, the accident probably never would have happened. So uh, something I always recommend people get if they can, uh, look for those bikes to have the anti-lock brakes or get it retrofitted. You know, so. And have you been involved in any courses or study or anything that's given you some experience in motorcycle safety? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I just in taking classes, I took a, a course up in uh, uh, near Elkhart Lake at at uh, Road America. They have a nice safety course up there. I took that. Even if you feel like you have really good skills, been riding for a long time, it's always good to get a kind of refresher course. And uh, I, I took a safety course up there. I think it taught me some new things. Yeah, and I've done that myself as a rider. It's crazy how scary it is out there uh, with people really not caring about anyone else other than themselves. When I'm on my bike and I look. Uh, into the windows of the cars next to me. It's routine uh, to see people texting or not paying attention. And this distractive driving is just a real problem for all of us out on two wheels because if something happens, you're not in a cage and you're, and you're not really protected. So I as well would encourage people to take a safety course no matter how long you've ridden or for how long you've, you've been out there on the two wheels. It, it never hurts to do that. Tell our listeners how many miles you think you put on your bike every summer or every year. Um, usually around 8,000. Uh, last year, um, I had one long trip. I went out to visit my dad. Um, I, I took, I went down to the tail of the dog and near the Smoky Mountains. And then I went to the Blue Ridge Parkway and Skyline Drive up through the mountains. Beautiful drive. On the way back, I went about 900 miles in a day. So it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I love riding and it's... Uh, yeah, so about maybe 8,000, 9,000 miles a year, something like that. That's amazing. I mean, that is a lot of miles. I don't put anywhere near that kind of miles on. So, well, I want to thank you, Todd, for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I want to say enjoy your riding. Thanks for all you do for our clients and the firm. And in your next 8,000 miles this summer, be safe because uh, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Thank you. Ride safe. All right. Thank you for tuning into Hupy and Abraham's first episode of Tell Them You Mean Business. If you want more information about the topics covered on this podcast, visit hupy.com. Be sure to tune into our next episode to hear from more members of the community. And remember, if you are injured in an accident, call Hupy and Abraham 
at 800-800-5678 to tell them you mean business. 